With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Chatman Show. I am Hollis. Happy Friday to you. I hope you're all doing well. Hey, here out here in Arizona, we're going for a record. Uh, uh, 30-something days at 110 degrees. Awesome. We're going to cool it down today, though, because our special guest can talk about his new book. It's kind of his personal life a little bit. He's a comedian. He's written over 2,000 songs and poems with his pilot G2 pen. What's a pen? How's he still doing that? Yeah, use a laptop. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that. And a yellow, you know, and you wrote it on a yellow pad. So that's pretty cool too. But Scott was both the book and lyrics to the rock music. Your biggest fan. Let's welcome to the show our special guest, Scott Jindel. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you very much. Happy Friday to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you to you too as well. Again, we've got this Friday, but I wish I was a little place, a little cooler, but that's okay. That's a, this reason why we live in Arizona, because we got to go through the summer months, and then we get to the fall and the spring. It's awesome, but that's okay. That's another story I'm right in, there. I'm in Florida. It's not too much cooler. It is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> hot and humidity. Yes, I understand that. Okay, sir. As we get started here, please tell us more about yourself and your new book. Sure. Absolutely. So, again, I'm Scott Kendell. I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Um, I lived in Manhattan for 10 years. I went to Hofstra University. I've been writing now. I started at 14, started writing poetry and lyrics in the back of my ninth grade English class, and it's um, evolved from there. In 2011, I wrote the rock musical, Your Biggest Fan, and I pitched it all over the city. I had meetings for three years, and it never really went forward, but now it's with the book coming out. It's back in pre-production, so I've been working on that. And then, you know, I became a comedian. I did stand-up comedy for two years. I was the house comedian at Caroline's Comedy Club in Times Square, New York. And then in um, about 2017, I started writing this novel and on and off for six years. And it was just released on April 8th with Bright Communications. And so far, early reviews have been unbelievable, really mind-bending, outstanding. I'm really blown away. The response has been great. And I'm pushing it forward. We're just starting to get going now with publicity and marketing. And I have a book launch on September 30th in Washington Square Park. We're going to have a little book party. And um, things are really looking bright. That's basically it. Scott, that is awesome. Congratulations for all that. You know, but I'm going to ask you this. You got you jumped into the business of poetry writing and comedian. Both of those are very hard. 
being a comedian, making people have, laugh is so hard. What was a wild moment for you to start doing that? And what gave you the confidence to stand up there or start doing these things that you do starting out? Yeah, it's an interesting story, actually. So I was a writer, and I ended up living on the Upper West Side. I had three roommates, and one night we had a party. I didn't really know too many people, but I started just telling stories to people. And throughout the course of the night, like, my fan base grew at the party. I was telling stories to five guys, ten guys, fifteen guys. All of a sudden I know I'm entertaining the whole party, 60 guys. And then, um, and then at the end of the party, everybody kind of chimed in. And was like, Scott, you got to do stand-up. you got to get on stage. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning. My roommate was like, dude, you got to get on stage and do an open mic. You know, you have a natural gift of storytelling. And I, to make him happy, I went to Broadway Comedy Club, and I did an open mic. I was scared out of my mind. But um, it went so well. I really, right from the start, I really was sort of like a natural. I really excelled in then I got the bug and I started doing open mics all over the city. And then I auditioned at Caroline's Comedy Club. And I guess, you know, they loved me and they gave me the job. And then I started doing stand-up in front of 300 people four or five nights a week. And it kind of grew from there. That's basically the story. That's great. That's great. Okay, let's yeah. switch to the book now. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about a moment your experience inspired you to write your book? And what made you choose a multimillionaire stockbroker? as a protagonist of the modern spiritual adventure. Talk about the book. Well, you know, my, to be honest, my novel really never pre-planned. I, one day I, opened, I, I, I ended up in Washington Square Park in like 2012, and I had written a poem called The Poet, and for some reason, out of all my poetry, that poem came to me, and I, I said this would be the perfect place for the, a novel to take place based on that poem, and I, I started taking pictures of Washington Square Park and I guess it was lying in my subconscious. I had so much going on with comedy and with my musical. And then, you know, my musical didn't go forward. And I decided my heart wasn't in comedy anymore. And I kind of woke up in the middle of the night. And I started writing what became your biggest fan. I wrote 25 pages in the middle of the night. Hmm. And then I kind of became, you know, like obsessed with it. I thought I was onto something groundbreaking. And I just couldn't get away from it. And then for the next six years, I was just completely, you know, owned by it. I was so... I was just so addicted to it. I just thought it told the story that was so relevant for today and it covers so many different topics that I just thought it was special and I just stuck with it and kept going with it and I just it became a labor of love. You know, hearing your story, Scott, how did you fit in writing and I said you gave up comedy so you weren't getting mm-hmm. the paycheck a little bit. What, how did you kind of fit that in so you could pay your bills and keep on writing until things started to pick up? Yeah, so I was working in corporate America and writing at night, basically, and it was just so, you know, it was, I saw the ills of corporate America, and I was frustrated there, which, you know, kind of morphed into my book. It's a big part of what it's about, and obviously, I had to support myself, and I was, you know, I was living paycheck to paycheck, and I was working very hard, but I knew in my heart and soul that I'm a writer, and that's my sole purpose in life, so I stuck with that, and just, you know, worked double, like a double shift. I, you know, work and come home and write every night. Outstanding. Outstanding. It's a great story. Now, you know, I like you to say that because I got other people listening out there trying to figure out how they do it stuff like that. And, and again, for you saying you write this, you're dedicated, you worked hard, double shift, but you just believed and weren't good for you. That's great. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. So miserable stockbroker. That's one of your main characters. How do you explore the themes of spirituality and personal struggle with the context of financial success? How does that kind of work itself together? 
Well, you know, my protagonist, Evan Bloom, he had everything a man could desire. I mean, he had a beautiful family. He had a wife that was not the greatest woman. She was cheating on him. She was very materialistic. He loved his daughter. You know, he had a yacht. He had a tremendous home in Quebec, but he was so unhappy and so disgusted with himself and miserable, and he felt that there was more to life than what what was out there, and he certainly had things to say, and he wanted to do good things for people, and he was trapped in corporate America, tra- trapped being a stockbroker, trapped in materialism, and he knew there's more to life, and that's not what life's about. So kind of set out on a journey to really discover himself and pursue his sole purpose and to do things that truly change people and change their perceptions of the world. And I think that's where it comes from. It's based on me. I mean, I was in corporate America, and I sort of was more to life. So that was kind of the driving force behind it all. Yeah, you talk about cheating wives and, and but having some money, a yacht and stuff. Did you think about the Wolf of Wall Street when you were writing that? Uh, you know, well, you got to remember, I'm a New Yorker. Obviously, that came into play. I love that film. Yeah. And I thought of it a little bit um, Wall Street, too, which is one of my favorite films. And I just thought it would be the perfect setting for materialism. You know, being a stockbroker is so driven and consumed by money and making money and the camaraderie between brokers in the office. I just thought it would be the perfect, perfect setting of the dichotomy between materialism and corporate America and money and then going out and setting yourself out on your own and really trying to, you know, pursue writing. They're, 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 they're basically opposites. I looked at it that way. Outstanding. Hey, the city, the movies and stuff like that, did that help you, um, your creative process, developing the characters for your novel? Your surround. I think you talked about a little bit, the surroundings, the movies and stuff like that. Did that help you mm-hmm. get that creative juices going? Well, you know, I think, you know, growing up in Long Island and living in Manhattan for 10 years, I think a big part of my book, I think it is a love letter to Manhattan. It's a love letter to New York City. I love the city so much. And, you know, when you're in the city, you're surrounded by culture everywhere you look. You know, being in a comedy club, going to a lot of movies, going, growing up going to Broadway shows definitely plays a part. It's definitely a tremendous inspiration for me. And I think I thought, you know, New York City is just a great brass drop to tell a story. There's so many stories in the city. Everybody has a story. So I thought it would be the perfect setting to really move forward. In the summer of 2017, you wrote five-minute poetry for passengers by in Washington Square. Talk about that. How did, how did you? Why did you start doing that? What was the feeling at the end of the day that you did that? You know, and walk by, hey, get this poetry. We did a lot of pushback. People sit there and say, hey, thanks a lot, man. This really helped me out. Tell us about that little experiment you did, 2017, and giving out poems at Washington Square. One of the best experiences of my life completely wow. changed my life. Um, yeah. You know, my my it was my roommate. I've been writing poetry and song lyrics my whole life. And my roommate dared me to write a five minute poem, and I wrote a five minute poem. He's like, "Dude, you really have some sort of sick talent for that. You should. I don't know what you should do with that, but you should do something." So I brainstormed, and I came up with the idea to have a bridge table with a po- with a Poland squ- you know, a Poland spring, a big bottle, and just advertise myself to people to walk by. I'll write you a five minute poem. You know, give me a title or give me uh, where you're from and give me a couple of words and I'll write you a poem. And wow. it just kind of caught up. People were fascinated by it and I started doing it. And you know, I was doing like eight to ten a day and making a little money. And I just, it was so rewarding. It was just fantastic. Just to meet people from all walks of life was rewarding. And to see the smile on people's faces after it was over just made it all worth it. It was great. You know, that's a heck of a skill to be able to sit there and get a couple little keywords and then you can write on the spot like that. That's a, that's a gift from God right there to be able to do that, right? 
Absolutely. It's also featured in my novel. It was a big inspiration for my book, my own personal experience of doing that. The protagonist, the main character, Evan Bloom, does it in the novel as well. So certainly gave me, um, you know, some type of inspiration and just some type of story that tells me doing that. Yeah. Hey, Scott, this time, please tell us, where do we go after this show to learn more about you and get ready to get that wonderful book of yours? Where do we go? Yeah, so my book, it's available on Amazon and all major retailers, Barnes & Noble everywhere. And, um, you know, I've only put it out basically on social media. I just started the marketing push now, but, yeah. I mean, the response, it's so humbling. I didn't expect it. I mean, it's been overwhelming. People are flipping out about my book. You know, I'm so grateful and after all this work and, you know, to see it just on Amazon and all major book retailers, to see the picture of the cover and to see my back book picture on the back as well is is a dream come true and it's mind blowing and I could not be more excited for people to read it and for the future. The title of your book is That's All I Ever Wanted to Be. Talk about the title. Talk about I, I didn't get the book yet, so talk about the title. Talk about the cover of the title and how that all came about. Just kind of let us go into the brain thrust of all that coming about the title and the cover of your book. Well that's all I ever wanted to be the the main character Evan Bloom. I he only, you know, although he was stuck in corporate America and materialism and being very, very rich, in his heart, he always wanted to be a writer, a poet, a lyricist, and he knew that was his sole purpose in life. And a couple of times throughout the book, he says, that's all I ever wanted to be. It's, you know, I just wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a poet. And he started writing when he was 14 as well, just like me. And he knew that that's what he was born to do. So a couple of times throughout the book, you know, that's all I ever wanted to be. He just wanted to be a family man, a writer, a, a difference maker and where he can really change people's lives. And that's where the title plays right into, kind of finding your sole purpose. Generation, Generation X search for meaning, for purpose in modern America. What do you think, I mean, and I know it's in your description, what, what do you think about modern America now? What's your thoughts about going forward? What's your thoughts about how, how we sit today as America? You know, I think modern America today, being a Gen Xer, it's very interesting. You know, I'm 43 years old. 95% of my friends are married with kids. And I look at them, and I think a lot of them, they love their kids, and, you know, they get along with their wives. But I think that the majority of people my age are unfulfilled. They're doing things they don't enjoy, and it's all about money and homes and, you know, trying to just provide for a family. And I think a lot of people find themselves sort of in a bubble where they're at this crossroad right now where they're getting older, they're middle-aged, and some of them want to make a change, and some of them are – some of them are happy, but I just think, you know, modern America today definitely based way too much on, you know, income. And I think a lot of people are just kind of lost in the shuffle and a lot of people conform and end up doing what everybody else is doing because they're scared to get out on their own and really make their own place in the world. And I, you know, and I look at younger people, I look at, you know, generation, you know, I look at millennials and I look at Gen Z and I think um, they're a little lost, unfortunately, where they grew up in a different age and they're technologically savvy and, you know, they're really searching for meaning, too. And I think that's basically the underlying current of everybody that's 45 and below. Is they're just searching for meaning. They're searching for self-identity. They're searching for themselves. And they realize life is short, and they just want to make a difference. And some of them are caught up in materialism in corporate America, and they feel hamstring. And I, I think it's a terrible way to be. And my novel deals directly with that. And I think that's why it's resonated with so many people. So many people see themselves in the book and they see themselves caught in that bubble 
And I think it helps them realize that and maybe want to make a change and do something different in the future. You know, you hit on a lot of topics that's very hot right now in America. Um, the themes of homelessness, mental illness, mm-hmm. addiction. You know, here out here in Arizona, you know, California, stuff like that, homelessness is rampant. You know, people living on the streets. And I drove by a street a couple of days ago where, you know, even though it was 100 and something degrees out there, there's people in tents on the street. It's like, holy mm-hmm. smokes. So the mental illness mm-hmm. and stuff like that is all part part of that. Um, I, but I sure. really I really think, though, some people just rather live on the street because then they have no responsibility. You know, if you give them a park, a good place to stay, they got to respond. They got to pay the bill. They got to clean up. They got to be a good neighbor, this and that. So I think they just rather be on the street. So I, I think you, some people want to be helped, but I think some people just choose. What's your thoughts on that? What, I know you've gone through and you've seen the addiction, the, the epidemic and stuff like that. Talk to us about that, Scott. Yeah, so I have, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on that. A major part of my book, there was, you know, when I was living in the city, I was living in Morningside, and I used to get off the subway, and there was a homeless man about my age who I befriended, and we used to talk. And one day, before I started writing, writing the novel, he said to me, what I like about being homeless is the freedom. Yes. And I registered with you. You have, you know, you, have, you know, you have no priorities. You can just basically set out on your own and do what you want. I thought that was an interesting point. And, you know, I looked at homelessness and homeless people different from that moment forward. I mean, you really do. You really can do whatever you'd like. And, you know, homelessness is a part of my book. And, um, you know, I don't think that many people consider that, you know, to have no structure. You you know, you you have autonomy, and you can set out on your own. And in terms of mental illness, not only with the homeless, I suffer from mental illness. I've been, you know, I've had, I've been, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder 20 years ago, and, it's something that I've struggled with and it's very near and dear and close to my heart. And I know how hard the struggle is. I know what it takes. I know what it goes into, what goes into it. And you really have to work at it and do everything in your power to really come out on top and learn to live with it. You can't beat it. You got to learn to live with it. And it takes a certain special person to really dedicate their lives and dedicate themselves to health. Thank you for showing up, sharing that. I know that was very personal for you, stuff like that. You know, I, I hear it in Phoenix. It got so bad. Like you said, they know responsibility, stuff like that. But this is one thing that got crazy. They start openly just using drugs. They openly start having sex out there in the street. They openly start right. going to the bathroom out there. And that's when people sit there going, okay, this enough is enough of this. Because if they're doing that, and if you're a regular person, you get arrested. But because they're, quote, homeless, they just kind of stop it. But now, uh, City of Phoenix, they had the, the judge says, okay, City of Phoenix, you got to clean it up. So now they're in the process of getting, rid, you know, getting them off the streets, stuff like that, and hopefully get most of them in places to live. And hopefully they stay, you know. But uh, as you sure. see, they probably go back out the street because they have no responsibility. They like the freedom. But that's a whole other story. All right. Uh, yeah. So again, you you you're experiencing the niceness of having your novel written. You you're having some great reviews. You're doing the great process. What's more enjoyable for you, writing a book and finishing up, or doing a marketing part of it and getting the word out there? Talk to us about that. How are you handling that? And give some tips to other new authors who are going through the same process and will be in your same shoes because you take a lot. You got a lot of excitement for it. I got a lot of yeah. authors new, and they get like, oh, God, I can't handle this. Give us some tips. Really? How are you handling it? Yeah, go ahead. 
well, you know, this is his dream come true. This is what I've dreamed of my whole entire life. I, you know, this is what I love to do. This is my passion. And to see this all come to fruition and to finish and see that it's really making a difference in people's lives and they're really looking at the world differently and, you know, hopefully it makes a change and I'm able to spread the gospel about what's truly important in life. And it's all about art to me. I never thought about the final product of money. It's never been about that. It's about really sharing, you know, my gift and sharing what I have to say. It's always been about that. That's always been at the forefront. And now with the marketing push, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not used to this. And, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around this, that there is a, a phase two. And um, I'm just trying to be as open and honest as possible. And I feel, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in, you know, positivity. I believe that it'll come back to me in spades if I put some good juju out there and really spread the word and really, you know, tell people that, you know, this is, to read this book is really in your best interest and beautiful art, it's a beautiful story. And um, I think some, it's like, I think it's something that everybody can relate to. And, you know, with the marketing push, I feel like it'll come back to me just for the positivity that it spreads. And in terms of new yep. authors, if I had any advice to give, you know, just think about the quality of your book. Think about the finished product. And, you know, don't be afraid to really put yourself out there and be judged. If you put your heart into it and you believe in it, you should have no fear about passing the book out to family and friends and then seeing it, you know, grow from there. I think it's a beautiful thing and it's a natural process. And, you know, you write for people. You don't only write for yourself. I always write for myself. I'm always my biggest critique. But you write for other people to really share in what you have to say. And if you have trouble putting it forward, then, you know, you Something's missing. You know, what's helped you, gave you that thick skin from reviews and people sitting there and say, oh, I don't like this and this, is you being a comedian. And if you're going to be a stand-up comedian, you got to have thick skin. You know, being a stockbroker, you got to have thick skin to sit there and, and try to make money for other people and stuff like that. So that's helped you, correct, to be a thick skin, take the reviews, let it roll off your back, and continue because you love what you do. You love putting it out there, and you know you got good work out there. Is that how you got, you got to think about it at the point where it's get the thick skin, don't take it personal, and move on, correct? That's a big part of it. Yeah, comedy definitely played a major part in that. To entertain 300 people and make them laugh is obviously yeah. challenging, but to be able to do that gives you a lot of confidence. But I think the most important thing is that I've written so much over the course of time, and it's something that I try to do every day. And I think over time, I've gained confidence in myself and my ability. And it's just if you plug away and work at it after a while, you just believe in yourself. And you really – you're not scared for people to share in it and for people to read it. If you know in your heart that it's good, you shouldn't have any fear. Hey, Scott, what do you want readers to take away from your book? You know, I know you, you just want them to get it. You want them to enjoy it. But what other things you want them to take away from? You want Hollis to feel a little different about himself. You want Hollis to look in the mirror and say, hey, the, if you're going to start making changes, the person you're looking at is where it starts. What do you want readers to do when they got to read your book? Well, you know, many things. First off, I want people to really find out what's truly important to them and what truly they want to pursue. I believe that everybody comes to this planet – Everybody comes to earth with some sort of purpose that's embedded in you. And I want everybody to seek out their true self and really find out who they are, and, you know, and embrace themselves and really, you know, be happy with what you're given and what you have to share. And I also believe, you know, a big part of my book, it is a love story too. And, you know, mm. finding your soulmate and finding love can only better you and having someone to share in life, you know, with you is can only um, 
make you stronger and make you just go out and really, you know, with help you with the pursuit of who you were born to be. And, you know, I, you know, my book, uh, you know, I wanted to open people's minds and people's eyes to the perception of the world of what's truly, truly important, you know, friends, family, love, relationships. I want people to understand that there's more to life than money and there's more to life consumerism and materialism. I want people to really know and feel what's in their heart and live a life through purpose and soul and heart. Hey, Scott, you know, this is a great, great story. I think it should be on TV. Uh, that's something you probably think about later on. But, you know, we do do things with Roku and Amazon Fire TV. We will add this episode on that. Again, we want to give you more exposure. We want to get the word out there. We want you to move more books. Plus, I think this would be a great story. Have you thought about doing anything in that media, uh, putting stuff on TV, doing a series, stuff like that? What's your thoughts about that? You know, that's been the feedback, which is shocking. Everybody that's read my book says to me, wow, you know, what a great film this would be. This would be. And they pick out certain parts that would resonate and that would really drive an audience. And, you know, when I was writing this book, I never really thought about that. But now that seems to be the consensus of what people are telling me. And, you know, obviously that's very exciting. And I think it would make a fantastic movie. I already got plans who I want to play the main characters. And I just think it was something that people would really, really stand behind and really get excited about that's outstanding. Outstanding. Before we get to the final comments, sir, please tell us again, where do we go after this show to learn more about you and get your wonderful sure. book? Sure. My book, again, is called That's All I Ever Wanted to Be. My name is Scott Gundell. It's available on Amazon and all major retailers. Um, you can find it there. If you want to learn more about me, you can see me. You know, I don't have a website, but you can see me on Instagram. My name on Instagram is Poet Scott Gundell. And on Facebook, you just use my name, Scott Gundell. I, I, I've written a lot of different stuff on Facebook, not, not so much in the last couple of months. I've been consumed with the book, but if you want to scroll down my Facebook, I write some interesting stories. But, again, my novel, That's All I Ever Wanted to Be, Scott Gundell, available on Amazon and all major book retailers. And also, I want to tell you, if you want to have a conversation with me, I'm mm-hmm. open. DM Hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to discuss my book with you. We'll have a great conversation. And if you want me to sign your book, you can always send it to me. I'll sign it for you. And you know, I'm an open book. I'm open to discuss anything. I'm going to put you on the spot. Before we get to the last comment, I'm sorry, I lied. Uh, I want you, just from the title of your book, right now, create mm-hmm. a poem. From That's all I ever wanted to be. Create a poem. You want me to just do I really need a pen and paper. I need my pilot oh. to pen and a yellow <laughs> leaf. That's what it flows. That's when it comes from a higher power. I'm always just channeling. It just comes. But um, I don't know. Let's see what I got for you. I can think of something real quick. I'm on the Hollis Chapman show. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I didn't know that all my words are going to flow, and I'm going to, I don't know, take it home. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Put you on a spot, and you responded very well. That's outstanding. That's Let me give you a standing <laughs> ovation. Hold on. That a boy. Good for you. Put you on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Final comment, sir. Pursuing life. You were born with the love. I mean, that's, that's just what you live for, pursuing the life yep. you were born to live, discovering your soul purpose. So in closing, kind of tell us that. Kind of get us motivated. Kind of give that passion about you've got to live the life that we're born. I mean, I know you've already mentioned a little bit. We all have a story. But in closing, tell us about that and why it's so important to live our life that we're born so, to do. Many days I spent at a desk in an office 
thinking to myself, there must be more to this. What am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? You know, what was I born to do? There's so much more. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravado to really set out and give up a life and really do what you think is your heart and soul and what's in your best interest. And I think, um, I think everybody has the power to do that. And everybody, it comes in self-belief and confidence. And, you know, if you really want to be happy, you have to do what you love to do every single day. Life's too short and you have to enjoy it. And believe me, I'm living experience. You'll be a better person and you'll attract better people into your life and you'll be a more positive guy. And it's worth the journey. It's worth taking that chance. Outstanding. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh. Thank you for sharing with us today. This is Lisa to a great weekend, a great week. So thank you so much. You stay safe and we'll talk to you real soon, sir. Okay. We'll get you next time. Get your next book out or the movie. We want you back here again. Okay, sir. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay. All right, bye-bye. That's all I ever wanted to be, right? We've all heard that. We know that's a big part of what we are, okay? So what's the main thing is just don't sit and just accept where you're at, okay? I mean, I play songs, I play music and stuff like that to get me motivated, get me fired up. Same thing. Do what you got to do to get fired up. You know, man in the mirror, all kinds of stuff to get you fired up. Pursuing the life you are meant to live is so important, okay? Pursue that life. Don't just settle. Pursue that relationship. Don't just settle. Because if you just settle, it's not going to work out. You're going to break up. You're not going to work at your job. You're not going to be there at your job. You're not going to be able to, you know, maybe you don't need a job. You just want to be an entrepreneur. You want to do some great things to help others. You know, sometimes you got to play it and just jump off. You just got to go and go, okay, I got to do this. Do what you got to do to get yourself out of bed. Do what you got to do to make yourself feel like, yes, that was worth it. When I do this show, that motivates me, that gives me passion, that makes me feel good. You know, some things happened this week that made me down in the dumps, but guess what? The show today, I'm fired back up. I'm ready to go. I'm going to have a nice productive day. That's all because of Scott, his passion, his stuff. It carried on to me. Hopefully, it can carry on to you, to me. We'll go from there, okay? Hey, guys, have a great, great weekend. Be safe. We're just going to cool down degrees here. I can't believe I'm saying cool now when it's going from 115 to 106. But hey, we'll take it what we can. All right. We will, as of right now, we have no guests for Tuesday. We do have a guest next Friday, but join us anyway. We're going to get some great content for you if we have no live guests, okay? Have a great weekend, safe weekend. Let's bring it down with some music. Great weekend. See you next week on the Hollis Chapman Show every Tuesday and Friday, 10 a.m. As always, I'll see you next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.